Welcome to the Be the Church podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I am your producer, Isaiah Fetterman. And I am one of your hosts and lead pastor of Aletheia Church in Gainesville, Florida, Kevin Anderson. And I'm another one of your hosts, Theo Lightborn, the administrative pastor at Aletheia Church, Gainesville. All right. So if you're tuning in with us for the first time, Welcome, but we are currently going through Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. I was supposed to bring a copy with me, but I don't have it. It's, we'll be in the link though, so we'll be fine. Um, so we wanted to go through this over the next several weeks just to have something to go through together. And today we are hitting on chapter two and three, which are titled Bible Intake. And we're going to be talking about consuming the Bible regularly. We'll kind of explain what we mean by that as we get into it. And just what does that look like on a regular basis? So this is chapter two, and we've got a lot to cover today because it's two and three. Um, So hope you all are excited. Last week, we did (laughs) uh, an overview on the spiritual disciplines in general, because that's the title of the book. And Kevin, just to help everyone out as we look towards this week, What's the general idea of what spiritual disciplines are? Yeah, so what we talked about uh, two weeks ago uh, when we did just an introduction to spiritual disciplines, is we just said that uh, spiritual disciplines are things like Bible reading, prayer, uh, fasting, uh, et cetera, and that they tend to fall into one of two categories. Um, they are either personal disciplines or they are uh, what Whitney refers to as interpersonal disciplines. Uh, I think we came to the conclusion that we preferred the term corporate disciplines, uh, but either, either, either term is fine, uh, but that God uses these disciplines uh, to help us uh, grow uh, towards him. And I think Theo's going to go in a little bit more depth about that in a second, but the ones that we're primarily going to focus on from the book itself are the personal disciplines, things that we uh, can actively do in our own lives personally uh, to become more disciplined and and try to grow in the Lord. And then this, the the corporate disciplines are more so things that we should be doing, but they are means by which God uses uh, with other people or through other people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great quick explanation there. And so not just what are they, but Theo, why are spiritual disciplines important? So spiritual disciplines are important for several different reasons. One of the main reasons um, that we look at is just the fact that it's the means by which God reveals himself to us. So it's the way that God shows us who he is, what his character is about. And it's also one of the means by which God makes us more like Jesus. So it's one of the ways by which God sanctifies us or conforms us to the image of Christ and makes our desires and our affections more like his desires and affections. Wow. I love it. Short and sweet. So as we go into this, uh, taking that idea of spiritual disciplines in general, we're going to go into the specific discipline of what we've kind of titled this week as Bible consumption. So the regular intake and uh, like being in the Bible. 
So as we look into that, uh, one of the things we've agreed on is that the Bible or Bible consumption is the most important discipline. And so I was wondering, why is that? So Bible consumption is the most important discipline because it is the foundational discipline when it comes to spiritual disciplines. One of the great passages in the word that tells us that is actually in James, James chapter one, verse 22, which says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So if you are only a person who heard the word of God, what wasn't able to put into practice and allow it to, um, to be applied in our everyday lives and allow it to change us, the word would be ineffective. And the word calls us to, to, to do it, to be active in the word. Um, and another passage that kind of affirms that truth of why the Bible is the most important spiritual discipline is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, which says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so all scripture is incredibly valuable in our lives on so many different levels as described in that verse. And so as a consequence of that, if, if we're going to use it for reproof and correction and teaching, we have to know it. We have to allow it to be a foundational element of our lives. And so the Bible is the foundational spiritual discipline. There is no factor more influential in making us more like the Son of God than the Spirit of God working through the Word of God. That's one of the quotes that Whitney says in his book. And so it's just foundational. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we go into it this week, like we definitely want to uh, challenge you guys and what this is going to look like, why is it important, and so on. So as we look at this, if we're being honest, like, I don't know about you guys. I know for me, this is definitely a challenge at times because, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Kevin, as you've kind of seen it and as you've been pastoring for a little while now and as you read the book, um, why do people struggle to consume the Bible? Um, I think I think there are a number of reasons why someone may say that they're unable to do this or they struggle to do this. Uh, I, I think primarily in my personal experience, most of the time when someone explains to me uh, that they're having issues um, doing this, it typically revolves around laziness in some way, shape or form. If, if we boil it down to its it's, uh, you know, foundational issues. I'm not saying that there aren't legitimate issues that people may uh, struggle with, and there might not even be legitimate reasons why this may be difficult for some people. But I think at the end of the day, most people lack the discipline um, to consistently get in the word. Um, R.C. Sproul had a great quote in the book that Whitney shared. Let me share that with you. Uh, he said, here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy. And, I, you know, Sproul kind of has this, well, had this tendency uh, to be able to give sweeping indictments like that that are harsh truths but don't seem to land as hard as the truth that he's expanding upon but he's absolutely right i mean i i think i even look at my own life and say 99 percent of the time the barrier towards me uh growing in my bible intake is 100 percent tied to 
whether or not I am disciplining myself and doing things that are work for me and overcoming slothfulness or sluggardness or laziness. And so uh, there, there may be some reasons why people allow that laziness to overtake them. You know, they may struggle with seeing and understanding the value uh, of uh, the Bible and, and why it's so important. Um, I think maybe a, a big one is that they just don't have a plan. You know, if you, if you don't have a plan, uh, you're, you're going to struggle. Discipline is always better with structure. Uh, time management is always better with structure. I'm always reminded of uh, a young man that was in my Bible study when I was in college. And one of the elders at our church was the assistant uh, varsity baseball coach at my university. And I remember one morning we were gathered for prayer. And they'd kind of asked a few of us like, hey, what, how can we be praying for you? What we can be doing for you? And one of the young men next to me just said, uh, yeah, just pray for my time management. Uh, you know, just at, I want, wouldn't you ask God to give me time management? And the baseball coach just turns and looks at him and says, I'm not praying for that. And we're all just kind of sitting there like, uh, <laughs> what, where is this going? He just said, God's already answered your prayer. He's given you the ability to read and be an adult and grow up and stop being lazy. And you can manage your own time to his glory. And I'm not praying for God to answer a prayer that he has already answered. So therefore you need to therefore be disciplined and repent of your sin of laziness and slothfulness. And he wasn't even directed at me, but I was deeply convicted by that because how often are we quick to run to God to ask him to give us something that he's already given us like he's already given us the ability to manage our time and be wise and it maybe we could grow in it certainly and he can send people along to help do those times but most of those times we want the we want God to do something for us without us having to do anything in return and I find that uh, that was a great comfort to me uh, to have that conviction, even though it hurt a little bit um, at the at the same time. So, and then, and then maybe the last one, and this and this is a legitimate excuse, probably especially for younger believers, is maybe they just don't know how. Like they struggle with uh, what do I need to do in particular to be studying and growing uh, in in scripture? What what does it look like to to do Bible consumption? And and so the, and that's a legitimate. Excuse, and it should be the job of the local church to be teaching uh, people how to do that through Absolutely. the different discipleship avenues that, that that church might use. Yeah, so you just weren't, con you weren't the only one convicted in that moment. I was just convicted in that moment as well now because, um, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that hit some chords there. <laughs> um, also, for anyone tuning in and it sounds a little cut out, it's because we're using church Wi-Fi. So uh, that's why it might not be as smooth audio-wise, but next week it'll be better. So um, that being said, as we look at that struggle, you know, part of what we want to talk about today is, well, then how do we kind of consume this and how do we like actively partake of being in scripture regularly? So as we look at that, like what are some ways to partake of uh, Bible consumption? Uh, maybe let's start with you, Kevin. Yeah, so one way is just through hearing the word and this this is like more of a corporate thing so there we may touch on this later on um down the line in the podcast when we get to some of the corporate disciplines uh but you, you need to go to a, a bible believing church that preaches the gospel and preaches the bible uh, and 
I'm not going to go into depth on what I think you probably should exactly be looking for because some of that is even preference for me, and I don't even think it's necessarily tried and true. But you definitely need to be at a Bible-believing church that's regularly opening the Bible and teaching the Bible. The depth to which that, that goes and what exactly that might look like, I think we could maybe have a lively and spirited discussion on. But you need to be hearing the Word of God taught by other men uh, and women that are going to clue you into right, what God's word might be saying so that you can learn and grow in that way. Uh, another simple way is you could listen to podcasts or sermons online as well, but those should not replace your participation and activity at the local church level. Those things should always be uh, in addition to uh, the local church's job, which is to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you uh, to, to grow in Christ, uh, primarily through hearing and preaching and teaching of the Word of God. So if you're going to use podcasts like this one or sermons that you can get through podcast form or off of YouTube or whatever it may be, those should always be in addition to uh, your participation uh, sitting underneath the teaching and preaching of your local pastor at your local church. Um, absolutely. Uh, so to add to that with different ways to partake, uh, Theo, what else would you think? Yeah, absolutely. So when we're thinking about consuming the Bible, we're thinking about taking in the word of God. One of the really simple things that's so foundational and it seems so elemental, but it's so vastly important. is just to take time to read the word, just to take time to have a consistent pattern of opening up the Bible and reading through the pages of God's word. Um, one of the things that a lot of people have a difficulty with initially when trying to get into a Bible reading pattern or plan is setting that time aside to be able to, to read the word. You know, most people just think that it's just going to happen, you know, or it's okay just to read the word on Sunday. Uh, but no discipline just happens. Every discipline has to be practiced. Every discipline has to be intentional. And if you're going to be able to consume the Bible well, if you're going to be able to just have that time uh, to read it, you have to, to set that time aside. You have to make sure that you give that um, the priority that it's due. So really simple thing, just read the word, read the Bible. Another thing is to use a plan. There are so many plans out there. Every study Bible I've ever seen has had a great plan in it that yeah, can absolutely. give you a great means by which to, to ingest the word, a means by which to consume the Bible. One of the things that we do is we actually use the, the community Bible reading plan. Yeah. And that CBR um, actually gives us a great plan by which to, to take in the Bible. You can um, vary that plan a couple different ways. Uh, so the way that we typically use that plan in our church is we go through one Old Testament chapter and one New Testament chapter. But you could also vary that plan and read two Old Testament chapters, two New Testament chapters, what a lot of people do is they simply read just the New Testament passage. Uh, so there's a, several different ways that you can use a CBR uh, as a means by which to have that daily time intentionally in the Word of God. And the nice thing about the CBR that we use here is with that, we actually have an opportunity to, as we're all going through it together, talk about it. And so like, as you have yeah. questions, first of all, you get to hear the opinions of others as they're reading through it. Um, but then like, you're like, I have no idea what the heck Paul is trying to say right now. And you can be like, Hey, you just read this pastor Kevin. Like, well, what do you think on this? 
So I think that's a really cool opportunity to kind of have like second opinions and maybe a bit deeper understanding from the people around you. Do either of you guys have um, what you would consider to be like strategies or advice for when you inevitably fail to keep up with your plan or the plan seems to like go stale or dry? Like, do you guys feel like you have maybe things that have worked for you and, and things that you could share that would help somebody? I, so this is a constant, uh, struggle and battle as I do different types of like note taking. And I'm like, all right, this is getting stale. I just do something completely different. Um, I know that when the plan gets stale, sometimes I bunker down and try to do it. And then I'm like, uh, and sometimes I just jump to a book of the Bible. Like, uh, once, uh, two summers ago, I jumped to, I actually jumped to first Corinthians 13. And just like, I'm going to read this one verse at a time for 13 days. And I think sometimes it's nice to take a break and to just read something short, simple, and really in depth to really bring something out of that. And I think there can be a lot of life in that. Um, At the same time, I also hate playing ketchup. Um, uh, Ketchup is only good on hamburgers. And so you shouldn't play it in your Bible study plan. Ketchup is Satan's condiment, Josh. Let's not. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's not lie to the listeners. (sighs) Well, anyways, not good in the Bible reading plan either. Uh, And I just say like either like get off pattern of like the dates you're supposed to meet and just like continue where you're at or just like jump ahead if you're trying to stick up with people. Don't try to do like five days worth in one day. That just bogs you down and stresses you out. So no bueno. So many people, whenever they're going through that process, they actually become so discouraged because they get so far behind that they stop reading altogether. Uh, That's happened to countless people that I know of. And so I definitely think that that's great advice. You know, if you miss a couple weeks, you miss a couple days, then just pick up where you're supposed to be. Just go from there. Uh, One of the things that helps me whenever the word becomes stale um, is I love to go back to the Psalms. Uh, for the for the majority of my Christian life, whenever I go to the Psalms, I, I derive so much meaning out of those words. Uh, so that's one of my go-to places. If the passage I'm reading through is just kind of um, not as, as engaging to me um, as it should be, then I just go back to the Psalms. Another thing I do is sometimes I'll just slow down reading. Uh, so even in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, with the CBR, it's one chapter a day. There's a couple of times where I just wanted just to meditate, just to hone in on a particular section of a chapter. That's helpful. So as Federman talked about a second ago, he talked about the fact that in the CBR, uh, we have this little groupie message, message system by which we communicate with one another and just share our reflections and thoughts. And one of my reflections and thoughts recently was just one meditation on one part of one, one verse. And that's oftentimes what I do when things are becoming stale is I just slow it down, I peel it back, I zone in on a couple words, a couple of phrases sometimes, just yeah. try to get as much meaning as I can out of that, and then go from there. It's really good. Yeah, that, that's helpful. I, I think I've, I've actually stepped away from the CBR for a little bit just because I've been doing it now for almost three years, and so I'm kind of just hitting a point where I, I need to do something a little bit different, and I could probably discipline myself to make myself get through it, but I just needed something to, to – to slow down a little bit and the quarantine was a good time for me to kind of switch over. So I've just been very, very, very slowly going through the book of James 
and it's just been really, really good for me. I mean, I feel like I know that chapter better now than I have at any other point in my life. And I think, you know, just to maybe encourage people, have a plan, but don't put so much pressure on the plan itself that it becomes about finishing the plan instead of reading the word of God. The, 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 the plan is just a tool. <laughs> to get you to the end goal, which is to get in God's word and know it better. And, and maybe that's the, the, the biggest thing you can remind yourself is plans are helpful only to the extent that they get you into the word. Not, they are not what actually feeds you and sustains you that only the word of God can do that. Absolutely. So speaking of plans and whatnot, and we've kind of like delved into it a little bit. Um, in terms of reading, but how does this, how does reading differ from studying the word? Like, are, are there distinguishable differences and what can that look like? Yeah, I think reading is um, maybe, you know, kind of cruising through the word and, and not taking, um, you know, almost like kind of like enjoying, enjoying a, a country drive. You know, I don't know if you guys ever did anything like that, but up, up in the, in the mountains of Virginia, you just do that. Sometimes you just go on some back country roads and just kind of drive around and, and hang out. And so, yeah, you guys don't have anything higher than like 200 feet in this entire state. So you don't really know what those yeah. are, <laughs> but, uh, whereas studying is, you know, really, really taking your time. It, it might be more like a hike you know, really, really taking your time and, and working through something. And, you know, Whitney does a good job. I'll, I'll share this with you from the book um, of sharing this particular section of Ezra. Uh, he says this, the first um, kind of thing that Ezra says here to the people is this in Ezra uh, 7.10. And let me, let me read this. And if you don't know anything about the story of Ezra, maybe that's where you should start your plan. Uh, <laughs> he and Nehemiah are awesome, awesome uh, men of God in the Old Testament. Uh, but he says this, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach, teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And so what we see there's kind of four things that Ezra sought out to do when he studied God's word, right? Uh, the first thing is he kind of set his heart to it. So he said, like, this is something God wants for me and something I want to do in response to God's love for me. So, so the same way for, for you and for I, for you and for me, we would look at uh, God's word. We say, I want to study this. I want to know God's word better. I'm going to make it a priority in my life. I'm going to set my heart to this goal and this desire. Uh, then the next thing he, he, he did is he, he said it not just to want to follow God, but to actually study the law of the Lord and know it well. Like there was something specific he wanted to know. Like, so for me right now, it's the book of James. I want to know the book of James really, really well. Then he actually did it. It's an important <laughs> part of that. He actually studied it and knew it well and took his time through it. And the fourth thing he did is he taught God's statutes and rules in Israel. And I think this is just an important thing to understand is one of the reasons we study God's word is to know it better, but we also do it because God has called us to be disciples who make disciples. And if we are studying God's word intentionally, uh, then we are able to then impart that wisdom and knowledge to other people. And, I, you know, Theo, you as a teacher, right, would know this, right? This is your, your background, right? The greatest way to make sure you have studied material and know it is to be able to do what? Be able to study it yourself. 
and then be able to then do what with that knowledge? If you can teach it, you definitely know it. <laughs> yep. There you go. Right. You're able to take that knowledge after you study yourself and give it to someone else. And I think like that's the, the beauty of what Ezra does here and, and what is shared here in Ezra chapter seven is he sought to know it. He did it, but he taught to know it so well that he could actually teach it to someone else who did not know it already. Yeah, absolutely. And as we've been talking uh, a lot about the CBR already, um, we've kind of talked about how we use it, but we've never, we haven't necessarily hit on like what it is and like what is like the study pattern of it. So Theo, would you like to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So one of the things that the CBR is really great about in terms of helping us to study the word um, is in the very uh, pages of the, of the uh, journal, the, there's a CBR journal. Then the pages of that journal um, are a couple different methods that they use for in-depth study of the word. Uh, so I'm just going to walk you through all four of those things uh, really briefly and just kind of give you a little overview of what that looks like in the CBR. Uh, so the first thing that you do whenever you're trying to study the word using the CBR is you surrender through prayer. And what that means is that you ask God to give you understanding and faith around the text that you're reading through. Uh, so you surrender through prayer. Next is you listen to the scriptures. Uh, so you can do that by reading silently in your mind. Uh, so listening to the scripture in your mind, or you can read it aloud, read it out loud to yourself, or you can use an app to read the scriptures out loud. Uh, one of the um, little anecdotal things that we do here at the church is often when people are reading a text before the church on Sunday morning, uh, even now that we're in this uh, COVID-19 lockdown live stream uh, mode, they'll oftentimes come to a word or a phrase or a city or a name that's really difficult for them to pronounce. And so I just direct them to the ESV Bible app and allow the app to read it to them aloud. And then they use that pronunciation to be able to, to know how to say uh, that particular city phrase or person's name. So that, that's one way that you could listen to the scriptures is to use an app. Um, and so that's the second way uh, you study the word with the CBR. And the third way out of the four ways that you uh, study the word with the CBR is what they call pray through your pen. And so when you pray through your pen, you use the Acts method. And the Acts method is adoration. How did the passage reveal God's attributes and actions? Confession. How did the scriptures convict me in regards to my sin? Thanksgiving. How did the passage show me Jesus as gracious and sufficient? And then supplication. What requests should I make of God in light of the scriptures? And so that's the Acts method of praying through your pen and that third section of studying the scriptures with the CBR. And then the last one is just preparing for gospel community. Uh, so just bringing that word into application. So that's, that's, that's the way that the CBR directs us to study the word. And that's a great method. Yeah. So unfortunately, we're not being sponsored by them or anything, but at Aletheia, at least, we definitely love the CBR method and greatly use that. And I mean, if you want to go like bare basics, like minimum, like focus in terms of studying, like the gospel is woven all throughout the Bible. And it's like so easy just to see Jesus and to see this story that God has been weaving of um, one of the ways you can look at it is creation, fall, redemption, and fulfillment of uh, his promises. And just like seeing that woven out throughout all of scripture can be such a great way to study it uh, as just a very simple, very focused view at like, what do I see of Jesus and this message of the gospel throughout it? So 
Um, moving now into another category as we really want to hit on not just reading the word uh, for Bible consumption, but maybe a little bit more uh, scary topic for some and exciting for others uh, is this idea of Bible memorization. Uh, so Kevin, would you like to uh, give us some insight into that? Yeah. So one, I would say that this is probably inside of Bible consumption, the one that Christians are least disciplined on, at least, mm-hmm. at least today. Um, you usually at least Christians will try to read their Bible on occasion, or they'll try to listen to the word in some way, or they'll try to have a reading plan or study. Uh, a lot of people even love to study and do a lot of these things, but they fail to memorize um, God's word. And I, I think it's just important to consider that scripture memorization uh, is one of the ways that God kind of gives us some tools in our, our tool chest to, to, to fight and, and walk through trials and do some various things. Scripture memorization helps us uh, walk through seasons of spiritual warfare. Uh, scripture memorization can help you when you are talking to a neighbor or a friend or a coworker about God and they might raise uh, an objection to who God is or God's character or mis about God's character. And if you know the Bible and can quote the Bible back to that person, one, they're going to look at you authoritatively, but two, you're confronting them not with your opinion or your worldview. You're confronting them with God's word. And that's really what we want people confronted with. We don't, we're not trying to convert people to worldviews. We're trying to convert people to become followers of Jesus Christ. We want people to know of his grace and his love for them. And so uh, you know, knowing God's word gives us a platform to speak that into people. And then a- another important one is whether someone's a believer or not, you're going to be talking with people that are dealing with pressures, people, and problems all the time in their lives. And in doing that, knowing God's word can counsel people really, really wisely. Uh, one of the things I, I shared uh, when we recorded this podcast last week before the audio went wonky and we're trying again here. Is, not talk about that. <laughs> is that is that recently my study in James has actually allowed me to know James better, but allowed me to memorize things. And I was actually able to use uh, James talking about wisdom to encourage uh, a young man who was kind of faced with a, a, a split decision uh, here in, in the last couple of weeks. And I was able to just kind of remind him through God's word, like, dude, you can't really mess up God's will. And if you're praying for wisdom from God, God's going to supply it, whether you feel that wisdom is there or not. And, and so I think it was just really, really helpful. And it was, it was, it was encouraging for me to not only have been touched by that text myself, but see God use that to encourage someone else as well. And so maybe it's just some, some resources that can help you with scripture memorization, because this is admittedly something that you, you need to have a plan and you need to attack it. Um, you can do something as simple as note cards or flashcards. I think those can be really, really effective ways, but you should still have a plan for those. Like, hey, I want to look up a bunch of verses on faith, and I'm going to write those verses down, and I'm going to memorize them. Uh, some other good ones, I think, I think my personal favorite app is uh, called Fighter Verses. Uh, it's by Desiring God. Uh, it's designed with both kids in mind and adults. 
Uh, but I think there's one that you have, Josh, too, with Scripture Typer. Is that the yeah. Scripture yeah. Typer is another popular one. Yeah, so that's that's a popular one as well. There's other ones. I mean, you could just download a flashcard app for that for that matter for a smartphone if you really want to do something like that. But just have something, have a method that's going to help you be uh, putting God's word down and helping you to memorize it, so that you can then turn around and allow that word just to really soak in and be there uh, when it's needed. Because you don't always you don't always have your Bible with you, but you will likely be able to recall scripture in those moments when you're going to really need it. Yeah. So we've been uh, definitely hitting on a lot of topics for Bible consumption here. Uh, And we have one more. So, so far we've talked about hearing the word. We've talked about reading the word, studying the word, memorizing the word. And this last one is definitely not least, but Bible meditation. So, Theo, would you kind of like to tackle this for us and talk to us about what does this look like and what can this mean for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, Bible meditation is probably one of my favorite concepts that we're going to talk about uh, through this podcast. You can tell by your smile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, and it actually incorporates both uh, memorization as well as its own discipline of meditation. And so, let me just give you a little quote from the book that talked about that. Uh, Dr. Andrew Davis wrote these words. There is no more useful discipline to this careful process of verse-by-verse meditation than memorization. Memorization is not the same as meditation, but it is almost impossible for someone to memorize a passage of Scripture without somewhat deepening his or her understanding of those verses. Plus, once the passage is memorized, a lifetime of reflection is now available. So they're not the same, but they're closely related, uh, what Kevin just talked about with uh, memorization. Uh, in meditation. A lot of people associate meditation with uh, new age beliefs and they associate it with yoga um, and it's mostly seen by Christians as something that is non-Christian just from the standpoint of our contemporary society. Uh, But we shouldn't throw it out just because of the distortions that there are about meditation and what that looks like because meditation is both commanded by God and scripture and also modeled by the godly in scripture. And so meditation is vastly important to our spiritual lives as believers. It's not something that is um, divorced from Christianity. It's an integral part of our faith. So meditation should be a daily practice that every believer engages in. Unlike uh, New Age meditation, Christian meditation involves constructive mental activity. It involves you filling your mind with scripture as opposed to contemporary meditation practices, which require you to empty your mind of all things. In our uh, definition of meditation, you should fill your mind with scripture and meditate on the truths of God's word and the things that God has said. Um, Let me give you a definition of meditation to be more exact. Meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture or upon life from a scriptural perspective for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. That's the purpose and the focus of meditation. And in our current age, where we're just simply overwhelmed by so many things, you know, we have our phones, we have our computers, uh, we have our internet of things, connected devices that are everywhere. Uh, We're just inundated with information distractions. That is why it is so critical for us, even at this time, to 
choose verses, choose phrases, choose words in the Bible and make those things our meditation. Uh, this is a, a method that is founded upon the belief that an infinite mind, the mind of God, has given us his thoughts. And so there are so many ways that we can digest that truth, that we can understand that truth and consume that truth. Um, every verse of scripture is truly inexhaustible. I was reminded of that even this past week, uh, Kevin uh, just this past week preached a, a message and part of his message connected with my previous message that I'd preached the week before. And it was so interesting to see the nuances and the differences in what he was able to pull out of the scripture um, despite the fact that both of the things that we talked about were scriptural, were from the word. It's, it's just amazing to us that scripture is truly inexhaustible. And I can say that I've read through books and I've read through particular chapters of books of the Bible uh, maybe 30, 40, 50 times. And yet God always gives me something fresh. God always gives me something relevant. And the Bible is truly an inexhaustible book. So I would just encourage all of you guys out there just to take time to meditate on the scripture, to memorize the scripture, and just to chew on it, because you'll be able to get a host of applications from it if you do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would say with that, one of the things you're going to hit on was just how we are kind of overwhelmed by information and distractions. And I mean, we'll definitely talk about this more in detail in a coming week, but just being able to get away and like just spend some time away from technology and stuff to really meditate and go in depth can be such a huge valuable help to actually be able to focus. So uh, doing that a couple of times, it definitely is amazing to get away. Josh, you could always uh, look up that sermon that I preached uh, on back in Psalms that you love so much and link it in the description on just the necessity of silence and solitude and the need to just get alone. I think uh, I could find it. It could just be helpful for people to kind of think through and process through some of those things. Yeah, that was one of those sermons that I was preaching just as much to myself as I was to everyone else that was there. I think, you know, there, there are times where, and I don't know if people always understand this, that the pastor is preaching to himself just as much as he is <laughs> to, the, to the audience. Uh, because the word of God is not just for the people that are sitting uh, in a crowd or listening on a uh, podcast or watching on a YouTube video, it, it's affecting everyone. And I, I think, you know, especially because of smartphones and as thankful as I am for those devices, um, as helpful as they are, they can also be a major crutch and idol and problem bringer. And uh, there, there just needs to be some intentionality sometimes in our, in our own lives to kind of take a step back and say, what am I doing to quiet um, my soul, to quiet just the, the disruption in my soul? I mean, I was even talking to my mother-in-law earlier today, and um, I was, she was calling to ask uh, me about how I was feeling. Cause as you guys know, I'm going to get a COVID test tomorrow morning. Uh, as far as I know, I'm okay, but yeah, there's the, there's the big shocker to you guys that are listening. So one of the many reasons why we do this over, uh, zoom. So I think I'm okay. I think it's probably just allergy issues, but my doctor told me to go anyway. But one of the things we talked about while we were, while we were working through that was just th this reality of like, there is just so much information out there coming at us from 5,000 different directions. And 
we have to, we, we need to be disciplined not to hold the media accountable or not to hold even pastors or people posting on our social media pages or whatever it is accountable. We need to be accountable to ourselves, to what we're ingesting and how much we're taking in and whether that's a good use of our time or not. And she and I both just kind of said, like, we've really been trying for the most part to maybe get caught up for, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes every day of just like things we might need to know. But for the most part, like we got lives to live and there's things that God wants us to do and we need to focus on those things. And I think that's super important for us to think through when it comes back around to Bible consumption. What are you allowing to take the place of Bible consumption if, it, if it's a struggle for you? That's a question you should really be asking yourself and wrestling with. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge question. I think uh, something that we've probably all found ourselves asking at some point and for those listening, like maybe a question you need to process through. Um, so are there any other thoughts on Bible consumption just to uh, give any last input? Yeah, absolutely. I'll say one more thing. So one of the things I was reflecting on was the fact that one of my foundational things for why I value scripture so much is actually Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 say this, these words says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Whenever I think about this idea of Bible consumption, I think about the fact that we are doing this podcast so that you guys out there could prosper, so that you will do well spiritually. And the biggest thing that we can give you is an emphasis and an encouragement to read and know God's word. So we just really want to encourage you with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So these are definitely uh, interesting times with COVID and everything. And uh, is it wrapping up? Is it not? Who knows? But uh, as long as, uh, and even after, like we want to continue this podcast to encourage you, to uh, engage you, to equip you, and hopefully empower you to go and be the church. So uh that's all for this week. We're excited about next week when we're talking about prayer. If you're curious about any of the resources we're using, we will have it all linked in the description from uh, the book uh, by Donald Whitney, as well as the sermon uh, that Kevin was referencing earlier. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it's from, but I will find it and I have it linked in the description. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys. And please, please, please send us emails with ideas. We love your input. We love your questions. We want to interact with you as we're figuring out how to do this even better and uh, talk about things that you guys actually want to listen to. Uh, so whether you're a local here in Gainesville or somewhere on the other side of the world, like feel free to shoot an email to podcast at alatheagainesville.com. Uh, podcast at alatheagainesville.com. I said it right finally. There we go. So... Um, we're excited. If you have any feedback, let us know. But for now, go and be the church.